What's up, guys? Welcome back to Dream a Little, the podcast that's all about helping you feel more confident with your kinks so you can share them with your significant other. Today, our guest is Chloe. She's a transgender little who was kind enough to come on the show and share her story. Her energy is amazing, and I just have to say that I was laughing a lot during this interview, even though some of the topics got a little bit heavy. She just has this lighthearted spirit that I really admire, and we had fun with it. So if you've ever felt like you've been overcompensating for your kink and other aspects of your life, like your career, I definitely think you're going to resonate with this podcast episode. I know I definitely did. Where it gets tricky with overcompensation is when you start putting on this straight face facade. And we talk about this later in the episode, but I just want you to know that it's totally okay to admit that you're kinky on whatever level you're comfortable with to your partner, even if you're not ready to fully commit to telling them everything you're into. There's nothing wrong with admitting to liking things like spanking or sucking your thumb or anything like that. All of that is pretty innocent and harmless. So if you're struggling with shame, I've got a free download just for you. It's called Five Positive Affirmations for Getting Past Shame. As you can probably tell from the title, it's five affirmations, but I also added in some tips and some inspiration to help you along the way. If you want to get access to these five affirmations, just head over to the episode summary at thelittlelounge.com slash 89 download. As always, I'll link to that in the show notes along with links to Chloe's social media profiles so you can get in touch. All right, let's do it. Hey, Chloe, thank you so much for coming on Dream a Little. Well, thank you for having me, Lo. I, I'm like, you know, full disclosure, like we like when we got in touch, I was like, oh my God, you're super cool. And then you're like, hey, you want to go on the show? And I was like, yeah, that's really cool. And <laughs> also like, wow, this is awesome, though. I thank you for having me. You really think I'm cool? <laughs> I mean, I don't think I'm cool. So anyone else is like super cool by my standards. So. Awesome. Well, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, what do you identify as within the ABDL community? Absolutely. So I identify as mainly a little, so ABDL little, but I kind of told, like I mentioned that I'm like ABDL little with like switch tendencies. Most of the time I feel little, but sometimes I feel more like the mommy role a little bit. But as in like ABDL, like I'm total ABDL, like, you know, I kind of when I get in little space, it's like super like probably 18 months to like, you know, maybe two and a half years on a good day. So, you know, I'm, I'm like full little mode sometimes. So pretty little. Oh, super little, like, like tiny baby little. So. All right. So how did you find out that you were into this? Was it something you discovered later on in life or what, like, how did you, how did you figure out about the ABDL community? Uh, I, I didn't really know until I was probably about 13. So I know some people it's like when right away when they're, uh, you know, five or, you know, pretty young. But for me, I, it was about 13 when I knew I was, you know, ABDL. And I don't really know if I can pinpoint like the exact moment I knew, but it was kind of like a gradual understanding of like, okay, this is what I like. And it was, you know, I, I know some people have like super, you know, vivid memories of the first time they knew. But for me, it was kind of slowly easing my way into understanding, you know, that I was ABDL. So... Okay, so it's kind of like a gradual transition. Absolutely. 
Okay, cool. So when you first started realizing that this is something that you liked, were you okay with it or did you feel a little bit embarrassed or were you totally confident? Well, I was 13, so I wasn't very confident about anything. (laughs) That's true. but, But it's like, no, I remember being like super, super ashamed, like, you know, I, I mean, I, even up until like a couple years ago, like I remember it was the first, you know, probably from the age of like 13 through 21, 22, you know, I was, and that's only a year, a couple years ago, you know, I was super like ashamed and I wasn't, it was something that I like buried really deep and, you know, it was like super scary for me. And it was like, I, I didn't understand why I felt this way. And it was, it was like super taboo, even for me. So I can totally, totally relate to that. So was there anything that kind of helped you come to terms with it or kind of become more accepting of yourself? Yeah, kind of. Again, it was, I kind of gradually came to understand this is something that I, like it was a part of me and it kind of coincided like, you know, if you go on my Instagram, my Tumblr and all that stuff, which, you know, I have it out there pretty loud and proud, like, hey, I'm a transitioning, I'm MTF right now. You know, so for those that don't know, or like I'm transitioning male to female, I identify as female. So a lot of it was as I got more comfortable with my gender identity and understood what that was, I felt like the ABDL part of me was, you know, kind of that thing in the back of my head that all this time I had kind of known. And I guess, you know, as I was transitioning and as I continued to transition, the ABD, like the ABDL part of me became more and more a part of my life. And honestly, I've, I've loved it. It's, it's been unbelievably rewarding and relaxing. And it, I feel so much better than I did like a year and a half ago. And a big part of that is being comfortable, not only with the gender, but with, you know, identifying as ABDL and slowly coming to terms with that too. Awesome. So have you shared this with someone special? <laughs> I, yes, I, um, I, I tried to, and it was not, it didn't go the best. Um, Wait, we got to know. I, I need to know how did it go? Why did it not go well? I always love hearing about this. Yeah. So I I was in a pretty long-term relationship for about, I would say, three and a half, four years. When, from the time I was 18 through, you know, the time I was 21, you know, in that kind of range. So I was in college and, you know, all this stuff. And uh, you know, I, I was with her for a good, for a long time. Like this is back when I was, you know, kind of pushing away the gender identity portion. I was like, I'm not allowing myself to feel, you know, how I want to. And eventually it was like, we were three years in the relationship and I'm like, I just need to tell her or I'm going to go insane because I'm sick of not feeling, you know, good when, you know, we're like, and I'm from like a super conservative and super religiously, you know, conservative areas. So it it was really hard. I didn't know how to talk about it. So I just kind of like blurted it out one time in the, like she, we were like still talking, like we were just trying, she was trying to get me to open about up about what I wanted, like how, like if there were kinks I liked or anything. So she was, you know, super, you know, wanting to, you know, hear something, but I don't think it was exactly what she wanted to hear. Yeah. So it was like, she was looking for something, but I don't think it was what she expected because she was very much, you know, I think we were a much more traditional couple. That's how I was presenting myself and how I was acting. 
So to like have this thing come out of left field where like I was almost associating like this, my gender identity with a kink because I was so just everything was going crazy in my head and I didn't even know how to process it and it just kind of came out and it was like, oh no. And it's like, oh no, as soon as I said, I'm like, words, please come back. I didn't. And it was just a very, <laughs> you know, and she was, you know, I think the word disgusted was used a couple times. I was like, ooh, this oh. is, this, this didn't go so well, but you know, I, it, it just, you know, there were signs before that, but it was after that. I'm like, okay, if I'm, you know, thinking like this and having these kind of feelings, maybe I should, you know, we should reevaluate, you know, where we are. But yeah, I've, I've only ever tried to talk about this once with a partner and it, you know, it wasn't the best when I did. So. Yes. Okay. So when you opened up and you I totally understand you're like word vomit. You're like, oh, no, no, come back, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and you you really regret opening up. And I've never had someone tell me that they were disgusted by it. So that must have really hurt. Yeah, it's not, you know, I'm I'm a very and I'm trying to think how to explain it, because like and I think I've heard you talk about this, too, on the podcast, like we almost overcompensate the other way because like, I know how I am in like, you know, vanilla life is I'm a super, I'm super mature. I'm like responsible for, you know, managing people. I'm like a super, you know, I'm a really out there person who like looks like they have their stuff together. And then you do, you do, you know, well, it's (laughs) nice of you to say that, but, um, uh, but you know, like then you go into this space and it's just for some people it's, they don't understand like that, just because it's the out, you know, the outward appearance, it just, it's like hard because it seems like they're rejecting part of you that you were finally willing to open up and share. And it just didn't click. And that's, I don't know how to put it other than it was just like, okay, this, yeah, this is just not going to work after this. Like, and it's not like the kink was the end all be all of this is, you know, the relationship, but I was like, okay, if you can't accept this part of me, I don't think you're going to be able to accept like the fact that at that time I was starting to question my gender identity. So it was like, I don't think you're going to be able to deal with that then. So yes, it was. And it's not that they're like not uh, gender identity isn't a kink, but if you're not willing to even meet me halfway and be like, okay, I understand you like to feel submissive. You like to feel little, you like to feel in a way like what is stereotypically traditional feminine, maybe it wasn't going to work out the rest of the way. So if you could go back in time, would you have told her earlier or would you just just not dated her? What do you think? I, I would never say I would not do something because I think like we're the sum of our experiences, but I would have I would have liked to have opened up earlier. I wish I would have been more confident and more under no like obviously, you know, you wanna I mean, I know so much more than I did when I started dating and I would still want to tell her. I don't know if it would have changed the outcome, but at least I could have felt more confident in it and it wouldn't have felt like this, you know, taboo, very scary thing to talk about instead of this is what I like. This is a part of me. And, you know, that and that's what it is. And, you know, I, I would have liked to have done that. Probably not word vomiting at her. Yes. But, uh, but no, I would definitely have wanted to tell her. I think it's important to be open. So. It's definitely a learning experience when you wait that long to open up to someone and then you realize when they reject it, you're like, well, that wasn't, I mean, that just opens your eyes and shows you, well, maybe, you know, someone else will will accept me in my different kinks, you know? Yeah, absolutely. 
So it seems like you said something like you you led her to believe that you were kind of straight laced in a way, like you know, yeah. you had yeah. you were very cons- you were conservative and all this stuff. Had you mentioned any kinks prior to that, or mentioned or hinted at like I'm a little kinky or I'm a little in any in no way had I done that. Like I had oh. always I had been like super. She had been trying to get me to open up because I was always. I'm the type of person who, you know, and my therapist will say that you need to take time and like tell other people what you want. And that for me, that was kind of scary for a long time. So I always like asked other people, like, how do you feel? Like, what do you want? And eventually I think she got frustrated of like answering that all the time and was like, Hey, you need to tell me something too. So, you know, and I was just like presenting this straight laced, you know, this is who I am. You know, I'm, I'm a traditional person. I want to be a part of your life, you know, uh, very much from where it's very much the thing to do where I'm from. So I was trying to fit into that one. Obviously, you know, I <laughs> looking back, I'm not that. So, yeah. Well, I'm assuming that your therapist is local <laughs> to where you are, right? Absolutely. Yes. So I'm just curious because I've never opened up to a therapist about my ABDL side. And mm-hmm. I'm just curious if your therapist knows or you've told them. You know, it's very strange because, you know, online we all present ourselves as this like, oh my gosh, we're, a, you know, this is our life 24-7. But, you know, it's for the most of us, it's not like it's something that is, you know, people see that's all the time. So they assume, but no, it's very much a small part of our lives. But I have for her and it's kind of a... You know, I also have um, <clears throat> some medical history with, you know, having uh, stress incontinence and, you know, stuff like that as well. So, you know, it's, I kind of opened up to her about that first and, you know, be, she's a sex therapist and a gender therapist. So that's kind of like right up her alley to, you know, talk about these kind of things and yeah. opening up to her, like, without a doubt, like, I made this joke to her, I'm like, Saying I'm transgender is a lot easier than saying I'm ABDL. Like I, I've heard that before, and, <laughs> and that says a lot. And it's terrifying. Like, and don't get me wrong. Like, trans is it's scary, but okay. There's resources. You know, a lot of people. Science is on your side. Like all these great things, but kinks and ta- are so taboo. And this one, there's so many negative connotations around it. Even though I don't think they're warranted in any way is, you know, it makes it really scary. And I told her that I'm like, this is the, you're the first like person, like living human being sitting in the same room with that I've told this. And I like, I've never felt more free than when I, you know, said that. And it was a great experience. Now I'm not saying that's going to be everyone's experience, but I can only, I'm very thankful that I was able to have that. So. And I think it helps that she was a sex therapist and hopefully I'm assuming like sex therapists are very aware of kinks and and yeah. whether or yeah. not they're actually harmful but i guess you never know yeah. so so what was her take on it did she give you any advice or did she say you know i i'm just wondering if she's like no, oh yeah i've got tons of clients like that <laughs> <laughs> right but it, you know and you always kind of want to ask her like do, do you it's like oh do you know anyone like me but yes you know, yeah but confidentiality but, i'm sure yeah, but confidentiality is a definitely one thing because I'm like yeah I'm, I'm glad this stuff's staying confidential with you too, so. <laughs> except for with everyone on the show right now <laughs> yeah like except everyone on the show who you know now they know they know my voice and my uh, my social media but yeah. you know she just said if you're she's like the one thing to know about kinks and about you know 
you know, for me, I mean, I'm, if I'm not diaper 24 seven because of like, it's just a, it's a safety net for me because like, I'm, like I said, I do a lot of work where I'm very much a leader in an organization and I work as an LGBTQ activist and I do all these other things. So I need to feel confident and, you know, uh, you know, safe. And that's my kind of safety net because I don't want to obviously, you know, if people think it's cute for kink, but, and you know, that's something that like in that situation, it's fine. But when you're like giving a presentation and you're worried, oh my gosh, am I going to literally wet myself in the middle of this because I can't control, that's a little more scary. So, so, and, and she probably said, you know, that's probably, you probably kink sometimes or an over, you know, I, I'm not a sex therapist, but she's like, you know, sometimes we look at what scares us the most is the most, you know, it's the most taboo. It's the thing we want the most. So she's, she's like, it, it might make sense. You know, it's, um, it's, and I'm not like, you know, I, I'm not a sex therapist, so I don't, I'm not going to pretend I understand, but you know, it would make sense. Cause you know, we talk about overcompensating one way or the other and I, you know, it's, it's a part of me and she wasn't like judgmental. She was very open. And like I said, it was without a doubt the most, the thing I was most scared about going into therapy. And now I've, I feel so good that I could talk about that with her. So were you talking to this therapist when you were dating your ex-girlfriend? No, no. I, she's the, that was to give like perspective. I know I'm super old. I'm 25. I'm so old. Oh my gosh. I'm 26. How dare you? I know. <laughs> I know. But so it, it was like, no, you're fine. But it's been like, like probably those four or five years since I've been in like a serious relationship and a big part of why, you know, and obviously I wasn't seeing anyone when I was dating her. I kind of wish I was, but I haven't been in a serious relationship since. So uh, I haven't really been able to apply any of the therapy that, you know, I've been having uh, to a partner. So, But maybe in the future. Maybe in the future. I never say never, but it's, you know, it's... It's something that I think I found is more likely the more I'm on social media and the more you see, oh my gosh, there's so many, you know, when you're growing up in like a really small town with not a lot of people around you that you even, you know, are like, you're terrified of them finding this out about you. There's so many people out in the, you know, on Tumblr, on Instagram, and I've had people reach out to me like I just, you know, like I did with you, like I just said, oh my gosh, I love your podcast or oh my gosh, I love your content. You're like an inspiration and they'll talk with you. Like people are really eager to share. And that gives me a lot of hope, not just for like, you know, obviously my own relationship status and like finding someone who would be receptive, but also just that, you know, this is a community that is full of love and that's really what I love about it. So. Yes, definitely. I mean, I can say without a doubt that Everyone I've had on the show, most people I talk to are the most empathetic and kind and responsible. And also, they all seem to have higher powered positions, lawyers, yeah, doctors, entrepreneurs, you know, it's really weird. Like Some I DJs. Know, <laughs> it's no, it's really weird because I thought about that the other day, too, um, like because I know some people, you know, in the community and I've gotten close with them and, and I would no ways disclose identities here, but it's like, yes. they're like super like important people. Like they do a lot of hard work for organizations that are super, you know, important. And, you know, I, that like makes me feel so much better about where I am. And it's like, okay, someone like me, like really like me, who's driven, who loves to do good work in the community or wants to see, 
like for me, the LGBTQ plus and the trans community specifically, you know, feel more empowered. There are people out there who are like me, like really, really like me. And that makes me feel, at least for me, so much better. So Yes, absolutely. I love it. I mean, in, you think back to, I don't know, before the internet was around and how lucky we are to be able to connect with people all over the world and just have that opportunity, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Well, how can people find you on social media? Absolutely. Well, it's super easy. Uh, Tumblr and Instagram, it's at wannabe diaper princess. And that is just, and it'll be, I'm sure, in the show notes, as you always, always you say. You already know. <laughs> I do already know. But you can look me up there, like it's on Tumblr and Instagram. And then my Twitter, which I'm setting up over the last couple of days. I don't even remember what my tag is, so I sent it to you so you can put in the links I too, will but. be sure to update that in the show notes. <laughs> well, thank you so much. No, thank you, Chloe. It was a pleasure talking to you, and let's definitely keep in touch. Absolutely. All right. Bye. Bye. This episode was sponsored by Patreon. If you'd like to support this show while also getting cool rewards like early access to new episodes, one-on-one phone calls with me, and access to a community of like-minded people, check out patreon.com slash dreamalittle. little.